I have a lot more confidence in the way I um, present my product to, to people and other businesses. Um, I think just being around other like-minded cash practice owners is, yeah. has helped me build that confidence and it's really, it's all about that. So the big question is, how can physical therapists create a successful career earning six figures or more and give patients the care they need without relying on insurance companies for reimbursement? If you wanna learn the answers to those questions and more, then you've come to the right place. My name is Dr. Aaron LeBauer, physical therapist, business coach, serial entrepreneur, and author of the Cash PT Blueprint. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, what's up? Welcome back to the Cash PG Lunch Hour podcast. Uh, today, my special guest is Amanda Zariello from Restore PT in Rhode Island. And Amanda is uh, one of the first uh, physical therapy clinic owners I've had on in the last few months. Um, well, no, I've, I mean, I've had a couple others. But anyways, uh, what I wanted to do is have Amanda come on today for the show because one, she's got a successful cash practice, but um, she is also... Um, preparing to go on maternity leave. And I know I work with a lot of uh, women who are doing that and have done it. And I just wanted to bring her on the show to talk about what she's been doing, her success and everything. So Amanda, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so um, let's uh, give everyone a little background. You've got, tell me a little more about your business. Um, who do you help? How long ago did you start? And where sure. are you right now? Yeah. So Restore Physical Therapy, I opened um, in the fall of 2018. So it was just, um, my husband owns a gym. So I opened up, I stole his office and turned it into a, a treatment room. And so I, it, it was just me for um, about a year. And then I was able to hire an admin um, back in the winter. And then mm -hmm. things changed up a little bit. It, you know, she ended up going home, but I, so it's just me, but I'm hiring another PT, so I'm excited for, for that. So there'll be two of us. And I'm a clinic that specializes in helping active adults and athletes just kind of continue to do what they love. Um, because I'm in a gym, you know, I'm around a lot of active people, and that's kind of who I gravitate to helping. Um, and awesome. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how'd you get into the whole physical therapy game? Was there like a, something that happened that you were like, Oh, I got to be a PT. Like how'd that all Yeah. Start? It's funny that, so I was an athlete growing up. And so everyone always said, Oh, did you need PT? Like at one point and I actually never did, but I just, I think my involvement in sports growing up and just always wanting to help other people led me to physical therapy and look more into it. And so mm -hmm. I pretty much, you know, went to college undergrad knowing I wanted to do that route. So I went to college that had the PT grad schools and then I just applied from there and um, I decided to go into that orthopedic orthopedic yeah. uh, route of PT. So. What's, what sports did you play? What was your... Uh, so I played basketball, softball, and then track was my was my sport. I ran um, at URI, at University of Rhode Island, mm -hmm. do you want track? So I was a sprinter. Okay. And so, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Are you still like doing the same things, or you you changed it up over time? Are you still like um, like so, running for exercise and yeah? It's funny. I don't really run at all. Yeah. <laughs> I, I ran a marathon uh, once, 
it was a bucket list thing. I'll never do that mm-hmm. again. But um, <laughs> I was a sprinter too, so I wasn't a distance runner. Right. Um, but I, I lift weights. I do functional fitness. My husband owns a functional fitness gym. That's where my clinic is. So I, um, I do that. And I actually just started doing a little kickboxing and mm-hmm. it actually feels amazing, especially me being uh, six months pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Has- change it up. <laughs> yeah. Has, uh, being a PT, uh, changed these things up for you or was it just more interest space? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, so I really learned how to work out when I was, um, a track runner. So mm-hmm. we had weight room in college and that's kind of where I learned. And then I just happened to meet my husband in the gym. And so I just kind of continued that. And so being a PT, definitely like it helps for sure because I can treat that population and I understand it because I do it myself. I I do the Olympic lifting and to an extent. um, So I know that's helped me help other people who are into it. Awesome. So when you went to PT school, did you ever think you were going to own a business? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I remember, you know, I remember having um, speakers come in and talk to us about, running your own business. And I mean, I'm like, I just want to learn how to be a PT first. That was my priority. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was working um, in the, where I used to work in an in-network clinic, I got promoted to run a, a clinic. So that's what kind of opened my eyes to owning a business. Yeah. Where, I mean, was that, all, I mean, you're not there still. So what was, what happened or what changed, you know, that you decided that uh, I need to do this on my own? Uh, so I was working my butt off for someone Mm -hmm. else. (laughs) And so that was part of it. I, I loved what I was doing, but because I was in the managerial position and make and had profit sharing, you know, I was, I had incentive to see a lot of people and I just was getting burned out and it was, I wasn't the way I wanted to do things anymore. And I, I didn't agree on certain things. Um, and so I talked to some people and then people would come tell me, you need to go open your own place. Like you can mm-hmm. do this on your own. So all these people around me are like putting it in my ear. And so I just kind of listened to, I guess, the universe. And yeah. then I talked to my husband who owns a gym and, you know, he's a business owner. So he's definitely supportive and understanding of what it's like to open a business. And so I just kind of realized like, if I don't do this now, I don't know when I will because you know, I wanted to have kids, but I was like, mm-hmm. this is a good time frame. This was like two years ago now. Like we just got married. I should just do this now because the longer I wait, maybe more money I'll make, less likely to to you know take that leap. So Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Awesome. Awesome. And what was the what was the thing that was the most difficult for you in getting started and getting off the ground? I think just the uncertainty, you know, mm-hmm. I uh Never mind the fact I was completely switching into a cash practice out of network. I kind of yeah. knew how to manage an in-network clinic. I had a lot of experience with that. So I think the uncertainty of it being successful, um, but I, you know, I made sure to have a little backup. Like I had my home care on the side and mm-hmm. that gave me a little bit of financial security as I built it up. Um, and it just, you know, you just have to have a mindset of like, it's going to work out. It's going to work out. I saw my husband struggle and go up and down throughout business. And he's like, you just don't look back. You just keep moving forward. So. Yeah. What, what was the decision-making process when you said, oh, I'm going to do this cash base and not in network? Because a lot of people go and start an in-network clinic. And- 
do well. Um, yeah. So I was actually, when I first decided to open up a clinic on my own, I was going to rent a facility that was right next to the gym, which is going to be like three times the cost of the room I have. Uh -huh. And I was going to do a network. And so then I went through this whole, like I, I paid a lawyer to put a lease together and I decided, Oh man, I'm going to change. I'm not going to do this. And yeah. so I reached out to, um, just some colleagues who were doing it already in other states. So I had a friend in New York city who started it in a gym, another friend in Maine from grad school that was doing it. And I was like reading and I got your book mm -hmm. and I just started like reading about it and researching it. And I'm like, this sounds amazing. I was like, just, just the not having to see 80 patients a week, um, you know, just helping people better and quality of life for me too. Um, it sound just the options seemed endless. And so I just was like made my decision and I didn't look back Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and thank God because, you know, it's, it was actually easier to get going. So I didn't need a lot to, to start. Right. You didn't need a lot of what, like money time. People. Yeah. I didn't like, I didn't need a lot of space. I didn't need to have to, to worry about all the, like the billing with the insurance and the, the credentialing and all this stuff that I was like kind of freaking out about mm -hmm. <laughs> at first. And I thought I was going to do in network and um, you know, I just needed a table. I needed a room, some equipment and, and that was it. And so yeah, money, I didn't need a lot of money. I didn't need a lot of space cause I had the gym. Yeah. So I had any open space in there that I needed and it was actually, I was less stressed. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it's a little overwhelming to think about all the credentialing and insurance and the rules and all that stuff. And it, yeah, and I was going to rent a space that I was going to have to build out in. So I was going to have yeah. to borrow money to, to do all this stuff. And yeah. I didn't have any of that. Yeah. So um, what was the number one thing that you did early on, whether it was, you know, starting in a gym or something else like that got you up and rolling. So you were seeing some patients and, and making money. Um, so like the, well, the very first thing I did before I even, um, opened was I started just thinking of a name for my mm -hmm. business and just all those little things like, all right, what's my name? What's my business model going to be like? And you know, it changed over the year because mm -hmm. I wasn't a hundred percent sure. I, I did what I knew. And so I'd marketed what I knew, but, um, you know, that changed over the years. So the first thing I did was um, make a website, get a Facebook page, um, just basic stuff like that. And yeah. I reached out to, you know, my patients that have been following me for years. They knew I was going out on my own and, um, and I, I just started there. I started, I started going to doctor's offices cause that's all I knew too to market it. Um, and I had some doctors that were already, I was close with from where mm -hmm. I was. So they, you know, they sent me some patients, but it was really just my patients that followed me for the years that yeah. kind of kept coming. And then the word of mouth built, we've been building from. Awesome. If going back to, if you were going to start over again tomorrow, is there anything you'd do differently? Um, <laughs> well, I've been working with you for about a year. I probably would have done that right away. <laughs> um, seriously, because just like the stuff that I, I learned, I, you know, I figured out the longer way and money I spent that I didn't mm -hmm. need to spend. I would definitely invest in a, some sort of coaching program in the beginning. Yeah. Awesome. What, what change have you made or what's, what's been different since like we started working together? You know? Um, I just like, I have a better picture of my like, uh, of like who I'm targeting, what my, you know, what my elevator 
you know, pitches mm -hmm. and um, I have a lot more confidence in the way I um, present my product to, to people and other businesses. Um, I think just being around other like-minded cash practice owners is, yeah. has helped me build that confidence and it's really, it's all about that. Awesome. So you mentioned that you're pregnant, right? Mm -hmm. you, you told me, yeah. I think when we um, talked about a year ago, you were like, yeah, I want to start a family. And I was like, okay, what's your plan? And you're like, I don't know. But <laughs> you know, I think, you know, it's, it's interesting. You're pregnant and you're going to go on maternity leave and you've got a business. So can you talk about like what, what was your plan? What is your plan? And, and how'd you figure out how to do it? Cause I know you're not going to just shut down your business for a few months. Yeah. And that, that's, you know, I had this whole plan, right? I feel like females are like big planners. Like, let me at least have my business for a year mm -hmm. before I even try to start getting pregnant. And so, um, I was at the point where I could hire an admin and I, and then I was like, all right, if I you know get pregnant around this time, I can hire another PT shortly after. And so, um, luckily I, I got pregnant right away. So that, you know, that happened. I was like, all right, business is still good. And so I had, I was lucky enough. I have a friend who's a PT that works out at the gym and he, I, he was already doing a little per diem work for me. Mm -hmm. And so I, we talked about the option of him coming on full board at some point. And so we agreed on it. And, um, you know, obviously I was really nervous about that, that step, but it worked out and he was actually going to start, I was going to have him start in April yeah. <laughs> and luckily things didn't work out because he had to finish up some, some things where he was working due to like CEUs that he had used. Um, and then COVID happened. So I was right. like, Oh, great. <laughs> I was like, okay, so I'm going to have a baby in a few months and hiring someone in my business just pretty much went to like 20% of what it was. Um, but it's working out right now. Yeah. Things are picking up. And so I've been just, so he's starting in July. I've been training him. And my goal is just to get him on board, learn the process. So I can leave comfortably in September and not have to have to worry. Cause that's, this is my baby too. Like I started right. this, I worked really hard starting this and that's why I didn't want to have to close my doors for three months while, you know, learning how to be a mom. Right. <laughs> so what, um, well, yeah. So the coronavirus also throws a, like a, a funny wrench in the whole planning mm -hmm. piece, right? Um, what, uh, what kind of things have you done to set up to bring on another, you know, PT to take over for you? Like what kinds of things are you doing to train him or what kind of things is he doing and, you know, to get ready for this kind of uh, shift or, you know, like you're going to, uh, handoff a little bit. It's a little bit of a handoff, right? Yeah. The handoff. So, um, I've been meeting with him like for the past six weeks, just for a couple hours on a Friday and just starting from the basics, like teaching him what restore is all about teaching him mm -hmm. how an evaluation goes, you know, what, what we say to our patients, um, at the end of their treatment, like the phases of treatment and, and just being able to pitch the, the package that we recommend and just mm -hmm. practicing that script with him because, and then he was still working. So I was like, just kind of practice that with your new patients already where you already are. Like, yeah. just like, this is the first phase, second phase, third phase. So he's been doing that already with patients at his other business, which has been good. Um, so we, you know, practice the script, just all the systems, like what you do when a new patient comes in, I gave him some books to read just mm -hmm. to get him in that mindset of not needing insurance anymore and cash PT. 
Um, he's good with social media too. So yeah. that's going to be really helpful in the beginning. Um, he's actually a professional kickboxer. <laughs> so okay. he has like a big following already online. So that will help. And he's involved in other gyms in the state. Um, and so I've been just, just talking to him weekly about different processes. And then when he comes on board, I'm going to just going to kind of, my plan is to give him all the new patients, obviously, and anyone mm -hmm. that I just kind of started treating and go from there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. You just wing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's your, um, if, if everything goes to plan, like what's the, uh, what's the plan like handoff? So like July, he's starting to see all the new people, maybe yeah. people that just started or, you know, um, or just getting started with you. And what are you going to be doing then as you start offloading some of your patient care uh, to someone else? So I'm going to just kind of keep working on growing the business a little bit, um, getting some systems down and things that I've been working on a, a little bit when I have the time. Um, so marketing and then teaching him to a little bit about that. Cause I don't want that to end when I am away. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll, I'm going to teach him some marketing and then it would be nice to be able to hire an admin by the fall. I, you know, I think that's definitely doable. Um, so maybe working on hiring, some yeah. help to answer phones and do all that admin yeah. stuff. Um, what happened to the first admin? You said like, cause you had hired someone, but yeah. So it, it kind of was a blessing to be honest. Yeah. So she was my intern. She did a great job. So I, you know, she worked for three months as an internship, which was unpaid. So it helped mm -hmm. me a ton. I trained her and then we offered her a job in January and she, she wasn't from Rhode Island. She lived in New right. York. So she was just getting a little homesick, mm -hmm. but it happened right in March when she told us and it worked out because I've everything, the business kind of just went down Yeah, <laughs> for, for six to eight weeks. So. Right. Cause I, coronavirus hit you guys pretty hard. Right. And it was even before PT BizCon, you're like, Aaron, I don't think I can make it cause I'm, you were speaking and you're like, yep. I don't even think I, we were going to drive down, but then you're, you're the, one of the first people that said like, I don't think I can make it because of how bad it was there. Yeah. It, I mean, we're, so we're sandwiched between Boston, New York, right? So obviously that was a concern for Rhode mm -hmm. Island and, um, me, I was pregnant. So I just like was on Sherry. Everyone's like scaring you about everything. And we like businesses started shutting down already. Like gym started shutting down even before it was mandated. So I was right. like, people are like, you're traveling. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like I'm still going, <laughs> like I might drive, but I'm still going to get there. And, you know, all these businesses were stopping travel. So I just had this feeling that like, I don't know if it's going to happen or not. Right. But, so how is, how's the, how did that affect your business? Was it immediately right then or even looking back? Do you notice like a different pattern? And so what happened first was that the gyms had to close down, mm -hmm. but I didn't have to close down just yet. So I stayed open because I felt, I felt okay until until they eventually closed like pretty much everyone down. And so um, just like everyone else, I started pivoting to um, telemedicine. Mm -hmm. I applied for the PPP loan and I like, I was very lucky. I got that like right away, like within a week of applying and I applied, wow. I was like the first applicant probably. So I was on mm -hmm. top of that and you know, I, everything was, you know, I went down to probably seeing like eight, six to eight patients a week but I ended up doing, you know, people were hesitant to do telemedicine. They right. were like, well, it's not the same. Like I do a lot of hands-on, but you know, I'm functional medicine too. Like they're exercising as well, but 
they just, you know, they're going to pay that. They're going to pay for a virtual session. So I just started giving. I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? Givers gain. You just got to give stuff and it'll come back to you. And people are, are all uncomfortable right now. People don't know what to do. So I was just like, let me just make sure you're doing okay throughout this until you come see me again. I offered like free 30 minute sessions. And if it worked out, we transitioned to like a full session the following week. And I just needed to stay. My whole focus was just stay in front of these people mm-hmm. that you've already been working with. And that's what I did. I just. I did free sessions. I wrote them like little programs. If, if they had already paid a package and they wanted to wait to come back, you know, cause they had already prepaid. So they weren't worried about like using it virtually. I wanted to wait till they could come back. So I, d- I gave stuff away and I just started getting out on social media and mm-hmm. working on a YouTube channel. I like, I developed that and just stuff that I haven't had time to do. I started right. working. That's awesome. And what, uh, what results have you seen from that so far? Have you, has that come back to you yet? Yeah, it's really good. So end of April, I started seeing patients again. Um, but this beginning of June, everything started opening up again. The gym mm-hmm. started opening up. And so right now I'm pretty much, I'm almost where I was back in February, I guess. So yeah. it's, yeah. it's coming back and I feel like I'm getting people from different like, out of the woodwork that, you know, all over the place. I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> it feels good. <laughs> right. Was there anything specific that you did to ensure your safety and your patient's safety as you guys reopened? Yeah. yeah. So we did, we have the thermometer. Um, you know, I, I made sure everyone was being screened with the, the questions and te- checking their temperature. I ordered, like I pre-ordered a bunch of gloves and all this stuff like kind of beforehand. I Luckily I have a friend who is in like cleaning supplies. He's like, you should mm-hmm. probably get this stuff now because the price is gonna go up and there's gonna be a shortage. So I got all the sprays, everything I needed and people were comfortable. Like they, they couldn't wait to come back to be mm-hmm. honest. You know, you know, I had some patients that probably shouldn't come back. Like patient that just recovering from cancer and they they don't care they're like my shoulder i can't move my shoulder like it's causing me more problems so yeah it's funny i feel like the patients that really insist on coming back are the ones that probably shouldn't right (laughs) you know i'm like you probably shouldn't be um did you like how'd you figure out what uh procedures to use or what cleaning supplies i mean you know was there any guidance that you found or used because i haven't really found anything super definitive for myself um i i mean i've used hospital grade cleaners in the past so i just kind of continue to use them and i just looked up on the uh like the rhode island health department and like the guidelines and recommendations and there's a lot of just communities like chambers and all the stuff that are just giving out information on mm-hmm. how to deal with like reopening you know your business and then I think the APTA had some information but it was nothing different than what the CDC was already right. saying so I was just kind of following that what they yeah. offered and I think because of our model like one treatment room one patient one therapist like people and no real waiting room because it's mm-hmm. just you know, they're in and out, then they were more comfortable than the open gym style. So yeah. I think that was one thing that helped a lot of us cash practices. Right. Did you, were you open doing physical therapy in person before the, the gym or was the gym first or was it about yeah. the same time? So they didn't open till the beginning of June and I started the end of April. So uh-huh. it was quiet in here for yeah. six weeks. It was weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just for anyone listening, we're, we're it's, 
June 24th and we're in North Carolina, gyms still aren't open. Our cases are getting worse, increasing more hospitalizations. Really? And yeah. And we're not seeing people in person yet, yeah. <laughs> you know, cause I'm like, well, the problem's getting worse here. And, uh, how, you know, like it's just, and I think the biggest problem for me and probably a lot of people is there's different information coming in mm-hmm. different parts of the country ha- are at different stages, you know? Right. And it's hard to, you know, make a judgment call sometimes, I think. Yeah, it's hard. I think, you know, like when, when this all happened, I was like, we're doing the right thing. Like everyone just needs to just shut down. We need to get hospitals need to make sure they're, you know, under control. And Rhode mm-hmm. Island opened up like two extra hospitals, but we never used them. So the mm-hmm. hospitals were never outrun compared to like New York or Boston. So right. Rhode Island has done a really good job at managing it. And so, but you know, they're very, the guidelines are pretty strict. Like you go to a restaurant and you know, you have to wear a mask and they're checking mm-hmm. temperatures. And I think it's a pain, but we have, I'll take that versus being closed. So. Right. <laughs> right. Um, are you like, are you still doing video with some people? Like, are some people like, yeah, I don't want to come in or are you, they're all coming in? All coming in right now. Yeah. yeah. So I don't have anyone with video. Um, it's still an option, but I th- think because everything around me is opening up, they're mm-hmm. okay with it's, it's the norm right yeah. now. Do you think video would be, uh, is something that people are going to want from you in the future or am I thinking, or, or the other thought I'm thinking is like, well, Rhode Island's really small. It's not that big. Everyone's just probably right there anyways. <laughs> Yeah, that that is true. But you know, you never know what's going to happen this fall and winter. Like if this thing spikes again, that's what everyone's talking about. So we have that option. We can mm-hmm. get it, just yeah. use it again when we have to. Yeah. And right I do, I mean, Rhode Island's a small state, but Rhode Island is typical Rhode Islanders. They don't like driving more than 20 minutes. It's a long way. So <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, at least like, cause I have people in South County, you know, I'm in like middle of the state and South Southern Rhode Island is maybe 35 minutes away. And so they might like the, yeah. the um, they're like, but they're like, that's the other end of the earth. Like 35 yeah. minutes. I'd never yeah. do that. Like people here in, in high point, high point, High Point and Greensboro are really close together, about 20 mm-hmm. minutes apart. No yeah. one from Greensboro would ever go eat in High Point. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, why would I go eat in High Point? It's 20 minutes. There's parts of Greensboro that take longer to get to, but, you know, no one would ever go to High Point. But people from High Point come here because it's a, about a two-thirds of the size, and they'll come here more often. But exactly. it's just kind of a funny mentality thing. Um, so, Amanda, tell me, you know, or tell us, like, what – what is being pregnant like change for you in treating patients, you know, making decisions? Like, I don't know, like I'm a guy, <laughs> like, I've, I've lived through it with my wife, but I'd love to yeah. know like, what, what is, what does that change for you as a business owner, even as a therapist treating patients and, and what kinds of things have you learned or would be helpful for other people? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, being a first time mom is, can be a really nerve wracking thing, but so can being a first time business owner. So yeah. it's like, I, there's a lot of unknown. And so I think I'm kind of used to that from opening a business. And so like right now I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm focusing on the business. I mean, I'm excited for this baby to come. Like we've had a plenty of time, like there were some silver linings with this COVID thing because I had time to like do the nursery and learn about what I have to learn for when the baby comes and do some planning, but also like figure out my plan for the business. So that's been my focus right now. Like mm-hmm. I feel good. I'm physically fit. Like I keep working out, like don't stop working out if you're pregnant because you feel worse and that I think just keeps my energy up and I'm just 
I don't know, day by day. I just, I, it's funny, like my brain, people say you have pregnancy brain mm-hmm. and there's days where I'm like a little tired, but like it makes me not have my mind all over the place. <laughs> like where you get overwhelmed and you're like, I got to do this, this and that. And I'm just like very focused on one thing at a time. And I think it's actually helped mm-hmm. me be more productive. Yeah. So, you know, I just, I have my list. I have my running list. I, I look at it and I have a positive mindset because that goes a long way. You just have to know like everything's going to be okay. And you just keep, and there's weeks where you're like, Oh man, like I didn't get anything done or it was a slow week, but then the following week things are back to normal Mm -hmm. again. So it's just one step, you know, forward and just got to keep going. Yeah. So you said you have like a list. So what are some of the tricks that you use to be productive? Cause I know sometimes treating patients and trying to run a business can kind of, you know, like keep you from, you know, it's like they, they, they're two different parts of my brain at least, you know, right. like, so yeah, what do you do totally. to stay productive and make sure you're there for your patients and also grow your business? So I try to keep us like every Sunday or Monday, I write a, a list of things that I need to get done. And so I try to prioritize them. There's stuff on the weeks that I just keep like procrastinating. They'll be on my top of this, this mm-hmm. week's list. So the, the days where I have, no patients or like a couple patients. I'm working on that. Like today I had, a, I have a busy schedule. I had like seven patients. So it's really about patients today and like doing their programs and follow-ups. And then another day will be, all right, tomorrow's a slower day. I can get back to my business list and whatever marketing plans, like Facebook things I wanted to put out or Instagram. Um, and then just and but the thing is as you get busier especially right now it's just me it's like the marketing business side slows mm-hmm. down because you can't do it you're working with patients all week so that's when you know you need enough you need help <laughs> and so that's where i'm really weeks like this where i'm at like almost 20 patients i'm like thank god i hired that pt because mm-hmm. it's going to give me time to work on the business and it's just going to help grow it in the long yeah. run Awesome. What are your plans? Like, what are your like five, 10 year plans for this? I mean, five years. So my goal is to develop a women's clinic within our active adults and athletes. The PT that's coming in loves working with athletes. So he'll kind of take on that role and I'm going to bring in women's health, but I'm Mm going to need to get some more space because it's just one room. So we're going to split the space, which is definitely doable right now. Um, So five years, I hope to be in a different, well, we have a, the spot I was supposed to rent when I thought I was going to do in network is a, yeah. could be available. So maybe expand into that and uh, hire another PT and who knows, maybe I'll expand another part of the state, but I love the community we have in this gym. And so being inside gym, I think it just does really well, but I hope there's like three or four more PTs under my belt. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Is that, uh, like, do you think you'll be treating patients yourself? Uh, you know, three, five years from now, or? It's a good question. Like, I, I do love that, but I think I won't do as much. Like, mm-hmm. if I could maybe treat 10 patients a week and then um, grow the business the other half and, and do, like, workshops and just, I really enjoy getting out in the community and just educating people on what we can do and how to help, how we help people. I think I'll probably gear more towards that and mm-hmm. I would even consider the guy that I'm hiring, you know, I think he's going to be with me long term. And yeah. so I, you know, I spoke to him about possible profit sharing down the road and just, you know, things like that. So people have an investment in, in the company as well. Mm-hmm. So. Awesome. Awesome. Your husband owns a gym. 
Mm -hmm. right? And, and you have a PT clinic in the gym. So a lot, and a lot of people do that. Mm -hmm. So, and, and I've seen some people do it and it hadn't worked out and some people do it and it's just like Mm -hmm. gangbusters and some people it's, it's kind of neither here nor there, but I do think it's an awesome relationship. So Mm -hmm. can you share, what are some of the specific things that you're doing um, to uh, market or promote your services, you know, inside the gym, like what's working and and what hasn't Mm -hmm. worked? Um, so because we're two separate businesses, um, it's different, but it's still as beneficial because we're husband and wife. So Mm -hmm. we're just going to continue to help each other out. So things that like he'll offer, like any athletes coming in, new athletes coming in, um, free, free uh, injury screening with Amanda. So like we get to meet them and then before the trainers write their program, we have done a full evaluation on them, even if they don't have injuries. Cause right. to me, that's like, all right, they know you, you know, they're comfortable with who you are. So, and same thing for any adults that are coming into like just offering the free discovery sessions or just a free screening upon sign up. So just mm-hmm. little things like that where, cause they might not know you if you're not working out with them at the same time. And then, um, so that's something that's worked. It's interesting cause the, like we're just helping each other grow. Like people will hear about me from who are like gymnasts at a gymnastics studio and they come see me and I'm like, all right, you guys really need like strength and conditioning at this mm-hmm. point. And so then they go into the sports performance program, but they love it because like their PTs here, they feel safe. Like right. if anything happens, they just come in and ask me, they know the trainers are talking to me and that I think that's like the model that we need everywhere. Yeah. Like, the doctor, the strength coach, and the PT, like working together to prevent injuries and the coaches. Right. Right. Is there anything that you've done specifically to, you know, educate uh, the trainers that work at the gym, you know, so they know when, you know, when, when the person needs a modification and when they really need to come see you? Yes. Yeah, so we've, we try to do in-services um, at least once a month with the whole crew and I'll do a lot of teaching of just like shoulder injuries or, you know, low back injuries mm-hmm. and that helps. And then we have a post rehab program too. That's through the gym. But so once they're done with me, they'll transition to that. And so the trainer who kind of runs that program will, will sit in on like the last PT session with us or, um, you know, I'll kind of assess, even if they've come from another PT clinic and they need to do the post rehab program, I'll do an assessment too. So the trainers feel comfortable writing their program and I can clear, clear them with any issues. And it's honestly, that's the stuff that people like really love. They love that they're being taken care of and we're being thorough with, with everything. And it's not just a random trainer putting them through right. whatever exercises found online. So <laughs> yeah. Do you guys get, I mean, or like, are you getting people like patients from other gyms or trainers outside of your, your, uh, ecosystem referring people to you as well yeah so um there's a crossfit gym that's like 20 minutes from here that i have a good relationship with that i've treated a lot of their their clients um there's a couple of the gymnastic studios that i'm working with a dance studio so some of these people have worked out at the gym or some just got referred to me through mm-hmm. someone else and then and then that just keeps spreading pretty much wherever right. gym they're in. So, yeah. All right. so I mean, cause I think remember one of the fears that I had was, well, if I go and I'm in this gym, cause the opportunities I had were like a smaller gyms and mm-hmm. you know, I was like, well, if I go there, then 
people from other gyms aren't going to want to come or their trainers won't send them because they'll be afraid of losing their training client to the place where they're coming. Have you experienced that at all? Um, so it's interesting. So obviously like the CrossFit, you know, that's a total different gym than our gym. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's things that CrossFit, depending on the CrossFit, you know, I try to just educate them like, yeah, that's great, but you just need to change up your, like their method of, training every week like don't do the same high intense 20 minute workout every day and so just i'm teaching them that and then i bring them out into the gym and i teach them like kind of our method and i don't necessarily lose uh, i mean they'll they don't necessarily leave their gym to come here but they know that um i don't know i'm just educating them differently because people don't know what they don't know until you just start teaching them but yeah it's a it was a good question i mean most people aren't some come join the gym after but some are We'll do both. Yeah. But I haven't run into any issues with that. I, I think, you know, I'm here to just help people get better and out of pain and get back to their, get back to their activity. And so, so when you build that trust, they'll come, they'll keep coming yeah. back. That's awesome. I know in the past you've mentioned uh, that BNI was something that you've done and that's been successful. Can you um, yes. just tell us a little bit about like, it's, I can't remember, I don't know what it stands for but uh, it's a networking was, group, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So BNI stands for business networking international. So it's an international organization and I was very lucky to get involved in that. And I have a really good group and that's the thing with BNI. People can go into a group and like not really like the people in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you find a good group, um, it's just another way to get into the community outside of like, you know, just like the gym and yoga studios that you might focus on yeah. and you build more really, it's all about building relationships and, and their philosophies and their, um, you know, it's givers gain and you just, you help people out and they want to help you and you just, you build more trust. And mm-hmm. especially as a physical therapist, I feel like everyone always needs a physical therapist. So those seats usually do really well in a BI yeah. where not everyone needs a new roof. You know what I mean? Right. But People always are getting hurt or know someone that's getting hurt. So I definitely would recommend that to new PTs because it also, you have to do a, a minute talk every week. And so it, it, you teach, you learn how to do your elevator pitch. You learn how to publicly speak um, and you get better at that. And, and so it helps you sell your business too. Yeah. And that's awesome. You know that my experience with networking groups early on was that I was there and people were just trying to sell me the products rather mm-hmm. than even like get to know what I do. And so that turned me off. I don't think I ever went to like a BNI meeting, but I, I went to a couple different ones. I was like, these aren't for me. If these are yeah. how it's all going to be. But apparently that's not your experience necessarily, yeah, it, right? It, it can be that way or, or it could be good for you. And it's just yeah. like you're, you're not going to get along with everyone in the group. You know, if you, if there's like a handful of people that you build relationships, cause it's not always about the people in the group. It's about who they know that they, mm-hmm. so. What's your number one is there like a strategy for when you go into the group to build a relationship or questions you ask people or something? So um, it's a very structured meeting, which is good. It's an hour and a half. And so every week I have like, you have a story to tell, like whether how you help someone, um, how you're different than a traditional clinic, what sets you apart. And so I try to, and then you ask for referrals, like a good mm-hmm. referral to me would be um, owner of a yoga studio or you know, a tired mom who's been sitting at home, homeschooling her kids for the past three months who has a headache and back pain. You know, you just, you try to use the, the, the seasons or whatever's going around you to ask for a good referral. 
and um, there's fear groups in there. So there's usually a health and wellness sphere group. So there's like a life coach in mind. There's a, someone that sells nutritional products. And even if you don't like send people to them, you still help each other like with different mm -hmm. businesses. So I think if you have that outlook, like don't always expect a direct referral, but maybe an introduction to other people in their group. And right. um, so finding people in, in your sphere. So if there's a trainer, if there's someone in health and wellness, that would be a good way to, to look mm. for a group. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I think it's, it's sometimes people go like, well, I might not agree with what they're doing. I can't send you someone. So I feel bad if yeah. you're sending me people. Yeah. Have you ever experienced that? No. Yeah, and I do, but some people's product is not good. And I'm like, yeah. I don't want, you know, I'm not going to send someone I trust to you if, you know, if you're not saying what you, you know, coming through with what you sell or whatever. So you do, you can have that mentality a little bit, like you can see that, but um, just, you, you just got to get over it. Don't feel yeah. bad because you, you, there's other people in there that you're going to build better relationships with and you'll work with them. And so, you, you know, take, take the good, leave the rest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So what's the, um, what's the other, uh, thing that you've done? Like what, besides some of those things, like what's the number one thing that you've done in the last year, um, or so to kind of take your business to the next level where you're like, yeah, I can hire someone in the middle of a pandemic, <laughs> you know, which is a pretty amazing, I want you to know that it's a very yeah. powerful place to be to say, Hey, I can hire someone in the middle of a pandemic and I can yeah. like grow my business. Right. So, yeah. I, so I think what works for me, what's worked for me since I started was word of mouth. You know, people mm -hmm. who I've treated do well and that's helped me and I've, I've used that. So I've asked people to give referrals. I've um, asked them to write reviews and that has come back to me. And so just working on and then getting involved a little bit more on Facebook. Like I don't do it enough, but when I do do it, I have a lot of engagement. So, and people say, those are really great posts. You need to do mm -hmm. it more. And so it's just a timing thing. So I know I'm going to have more time when I hire that PT and I know he's going to bring. So I just know like the more I can hand off, the more that's going to come back right. because I'll have more time to do those things that people do enjoy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was really nervous about, you know, at first I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to hire him. But then I realized, well, I have like 10 weeks to go. So I have no choice. Like I'm just going to make it work <laughs> when he comes right. on. So. Right. So you got to take a risk to get more time yes. back. Yes. Right? So time to work on your business, time to take care of your baby. Yeah. You know, all those things, right? Yep. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> what uh, question haven't I asked you you think would be helpful for people? Um, let's see, I guess, I mean, depending on who the listener is, like if they're second guessing, like doing cash practice or owning your business, if you want to be a mom, like I would say you can do it. You can do it. I mean, it's not easy, but like if you can if you put your mind to it and you just have a good, a good attitude and you ask for help and you get the resources around you, like that was I have the attitude of, I don't know something I'm going to ask for help. <laughs> so like, don't be afraid of that. And, um, you know, there's people out there who are making it work. So you definitely can. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. If someone wants to learn more about you or check out your business, what you're doing, you know, kind of like, uh, what's it called? Internet stalk you, <laughs> you know, go see your business, find you online and, and see what you're, what you guys are doing. Where do they find you? 
So they can find me on Facebook, Restore, I think P-T-R-I is my name. And same thing for Instagram. Mm -hmm. It's Restore P-T underscore R-I or my website. And all my contact info is there if they ever want to email me and chat. Because I know personally before I started doing this, I started emailing random cash practice owners just to like – that that was that helped me just get some ideas and know that other people were doing it successfully before I started. So, yeah. um, you know, I'm just I want to help other people who want to do this route because it is it's a game changer. And I can tell you, like my quality of life, going to work every day has changed completely. So that's awesome. That's so awesome. Um, well, Amanda, thanks for being here. I'm excited to catch up with you in six yeah. months or, or a year from now and see yes. you know where we are and everything. Um, all right, y'all. Well. Make sure you go out and you what give to gain, right? Is that the yes. right one? Give is, to gain. It, that's yep. the time it is. I call it give to get, uh, <laughs> you know, but it's the same thing as go out and give to your community. And uh, this is the Cash Weekly Lunch Hour with Aaron Bauer and Amanda Zariello. We'll see you on the next mm-hmm. show. Hey, what's up? It's Aaron. Real quick, if you're just starting a cash-based physical therapy practice or you already have one and you want to learn how to grow it and scale it, this is for you. I just released my brand new book, The Cash PT Blueprint, because I want to get this book in the hands of every physical therapist out there. I want to give it away to you for free. All I ask is that you pay a little bit of shipping and handling, and you'll not only get the steps to create your own cash practice, but the tools to grow it and scale it beyond what everyone else thinks is possible. To snag your copy right now, go to cashptblueprintbook.com. That's C-A-S-H-P-T. B-L-U-E-P-R-I-N-T-B-O-O-K.com. And we get your copy. Give me a shout out somewhere on social media. And we'll talk to you soon.